Welcome to Max Politics. This is Ben Max from Gotham Gazette coming to you the day after primary day. And now we'll bring our third guest to the show uh, in this post-primary episode here of Max Politics. We're very happy to be joined on WBAI 99.5 FM, WBAI.org by Alvin Bragg, who is a candidate for Manhattan District Attorney in the Democratic primary Coming out of the in-person vote that has been tallied, Alvin Bragg has a lead in that primary, a significant one, and he is now awaiting the counts of the absentee ballots. There's no ranked choice voting in this race. There's no runoff. So it's going to be where things stand from the in-person vote plus the absentees, and then we will have a result. Alvin Bragg, thanks so much for joining me. It's Ben Max here from Gotham Gazette. Thanks so much for having me on. I appreciate it. Oh, uh, thanks for taking the time. How are you feeling today? What do you attribute uh, your strong showing here in the primary for district attorney to? I feel good. I feel like the voters of Manhattan responded to the message of uh, marrying uh, fairness and safety that uh, you know I've been living for almost 50 years now. I've been working on for more than 20 and I've been talking about on the campaign trail uh, for quite some time now, and you know, particularly during early voting, opportunity to talk to lots of voters in person uh, and really enjoyed engaging and learning and hearing from them and sharing with them my vision and very encouraged uh, uh, by the response of voters. And the voters um, in this race seem to, you know, there seem to be some very interesting results. You are leading in the votes that have been tallied so far, which will will probably be the, the vast bulk of those votes, uh, just uh, ahead by several thousand votes uh, uh, ahead of Tali Farhadi and Weinstein. And then in third is the the sort of candidate on the left, Tahani Abushi, who outpaced others sort of running in the in the further left of the race. And and so you were you were sort of in between in, in some of this discussion that unfolded throughout this district attorney primary where, um, you know, there were a group of candidates, you know, running really hard on sort of a decarceral platform and, you know, in some ways sort of dismantling the district attorney office. Then there were a couple of candidates, at least to your right, you know, taking a little bit of a harder line stance. Uh, say a little bit more about how you think your message of, you know, sort of blending, uh, blending reform and, uh, you know, being a prosecutor um, spoke to voters who didn't gravitate towards either end. So, you know, you and I have talked before. I've had the privilege of doing that with you before. And I've spoken with you about uh, my, you know, my life. Uh, you know, I had a gun pointed at me six times before I was 21 and, you know, three by police officers during lawless cops and three by people who weren't police officers. And, you know, that's not math. I, I just made up, right. That's real life experience. And I think that's a lot of people, uh, it's not that exact same experience, but, uh, they have experienced both, uh, you know, fairness issues with our system, you know, fundamental problems. So many people, uh, who kind of walk and choose them on my stop during the stop and frisk. Uh, I was an Arab, but it still goes on. You know, the racial experience persists. Uh, but so many people haven't experienced that, and, and, and if they didn't experience it directly, certainly during this last year, learned about uh, it. Uh, but also so many people uh, with public safety challenges, and particularly for you know, me as a lifelong resident of Harlem, where we see the greatest, most acute 
police accountability issues. We also see uh, public safety issues. The key, key, key point, which I really tried to drill down on during the campaign, is how we respond to those public safety issues. Right. So I've seen the failures of you know the, this this you know law and order quote unquote uh, you know, war on drugs approach, which locks up whole communities. That's that's not true public safety. That's just bad public policy. Uh, and I, I think that Manhattan certainly, and I hope more broadly than that, uh, the city and the country are ready for this mature uh, conversation about how we marry public safety and fairness. Uh, that's been my life. It's also been my work, right? Some people said, you're running for Manhattan district attorney and you are simultaneously representing Eric Arnold's mother and suing the city uh, for transparency around his death. So, no, no, that's what it's about. It's about justice. We don't compartmentalize justice. Uh, we want justice and fairness across the board. They're inextricably linked. For those who are concerned about gun violence and increases in, in gun violence that we've seen, um, what can you tell New Yorkers about how your approach would differ from what's been happening or how you would try to collaborate with um, you know, other entities uh, along with the district attorney's office to reverse some of the trends we've seen over the last uh, year plus? First thing I would say is I've experienced it like I have other things, but I've had uh, guns pointed at me. I, my brother-in-law had his best friend murdered and shot to death in front of him. Uh, so I know this uh, on a very personal level. And the professionally, I've, I've done gun cases as a federal prosecutor. I'm very proud of the work at the state attorney general's office uh, where we, we looked at every single gun found in a crime scene in the state of New York and traced it back to its last lawful sale. That type of gun interdiction has to be key and fundamental. We're going to scale that up. Um, my core theory of prosecution is if you follow the money and the contraband, they invariably will take you to the most culpable people uh, and, and you hold those folks accountable. So we really need to have that be a cornerstone, and that will be um, uh, under my leadership. Uh, but we need an all-of-the-above approach. Right? We've got great uh, community interrupters uh, programs, uh, folks who are, are, are really running to the fire to stop the particular retaliatory acts. People are going to the hospitals to talk with uh, gun victims. Uh, so we, we need an all-of-the-above approach, a really community-based public safety model paired with smart, effective prosecution that kind of done throughout my career. Mm -hmm. And in terms of the overall message that, um, you know, we, we've seen Manhattan voters respond to, the fact that you and Tali Farhadi and Weinstein, who, you know, both have extensive careers in, uh, in criminal justice as prosecutors doing other work, do you think the fact that the two of you uh, combined, you know, got, got so many more votes than the rest of the field, does that say anything additionally to you about sort of where Manhattan Democratic voters in this race are on what they're looking for uh, beyond, you know, what, what you were just saying? Is there, is there, are there any lessons in that that, are, that are, are even bigger than just the votes that you accumulated to be so far in the lead? I'm not so sure about that. Mm -hmm. uh, because when I look at the votes, I actually look at them slightly differently. You look at the number of votes uh, for reform and fundamental change, mm -hmm. uh, and that tally is, is, is certainly very high. So I think there's a yearning in Manhattan uh, to fundamentally reform our system of the sort that I was talking about. Um, and, yeah, I think that, that 
the experience of having been in the courtroom, having managed, uh, in my experience, I can't speak for another experience, another candidate's experience, but that resonated with voters. But there's a strong yearning for for reform, as I said last night, as I addressed, uh, you know, folks at my campaign uh, night event. Uh, you know, we have gone throughout the borough and heard, um, you know, in all corners of the borough, you know, not just up here in Harlem or on the Lower East Side, all corners, deep concern about police accountability, deep concern about uh, the types of offenses that we arrest people for that have little to no public safety benefits. So I, I can say that certainly in my discussions and the kind of the percentage of folks who voted for me, um, but also just based on the base and what other candidates were saying, that, that, that to me uh, is a strong takeaway as well. And, 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 and I know that's something that I've talked about and fully committed to and going to lead into really shrinking our system so that we can focus on gun trafficking and things that I think, in my view, from engaging with voters, is really what's on people's mind in terms of public safety, not, um, you know, things that we are churning through our system that have little to do with public safety. Understood. What's one of the central examples of that that you would, you know, you would sort of move away from in order to concentrate as you're getting at it, sort of the bigger concerns that you have that, um, you know, what's what's one of the biggest examples you offer people that you've promised on the campaign trail in terms of shrinking the impact of the office, you know, in that sort of um, tough on crime direction. Right. Well, the illustrative one that you and I talked about last time, uh, you know, was the, the, the sort of untaxed cigarette enforcement that we saw the NYPD prioritize, you know, and the fact that at the attorney general's office, you know, I led work rather than going street corner to street corner, arresting people for, untaxed cigarette sales, tracing back those shipments of untaxed cigarettes and holding accountable shippers like UPS and Federal Express uh, and getting back more than $100 million from the city and state. So that type of model uh, is what I've talked about. As I said earlier, following the contraband, really holding um, the funders of criminal uh, activity accountable. Uh, but I've also talked a lot about um, you know, my, my father's own trouble, troubles with sobriety and and making sure to lean into uh, diversion for substance use disorder. Um, I think it's you know, beyond dispute that we're in the middle of a mental health crisis and using our, our mental health resources and diverting people. And then, and in some of the cases that have served me the most, you know, my father ran you know, homeless shelters, is the way we've criminalized poverty. Uh, you know, whether it's the homeless person that taken up two seats on the subway, real case from this past summer that was prosecuted, or uh, the homeless person who the DA's office recommended a sentence of a term of five to 10 years for, you know, buying food and toothpaste with the counterfeit bill. I mean, that's just, those are not criminal matters for me. Uh, and, and we need to uh, use other tools in the government toolkit to address them uh, and save our criminal uh, uh, carceral resources from things that really are what, what New Yorkers are sitting around thinking about and talking about as true public safety issues. Mm-hmm. And, um, as we watch this vote unfold, I'm wondering, as you've talked about personal experience, blending reform, but also, you know, law enforcement uh, where where it's most needed in your view. Um, did you see Eric Adams's candidacy in any sort of kindred spirit way in, the, in terms of the way he talked about personal experience and blending um, you know, stronger law enforcement in certain ways, but also reform in other ways. How did, how are you sort of thinking about these parallel candidacies that, you know, to me have some, some very similar themes here. So 
So I think there's some similar themes in terms of the personal narrative. Uh, and certainly as a candidate, I, I learned uh, the power of narrative. And just last night when I told some things about my, my, my personal story, someone came up to me afterwards and told me about uh, her, her, her child who had been shot to death. Uh, so I certainly have heard Eric Adams speak about you know, taking the garbage bag to school with all of his belongings because uh, his mother feared about uh, being evicted. Um, and and I think that is potent and powerful, and uh, we need to those of us in, in you know the public square tell these stories. Because there are in some ways everyone's stories, right? And when we do that, we encourage others to tell their stories, and we develop public policy uh, and enforcement around um, real life experiences. Uh, so I think that that is certainly a commonality. Uh, you know, we, we we have you know certainly different views on policy matters. Uh, you know uh, that 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 has come up throughout the you know throughout the, the campaign, but that that um, you know that power of narrative and really meeting people where they are and talking about everyday experiences, um, you know, I think is important. I really respect Eric for bringing those forward. Um, you know, but obviously there's some discussions about you know uh, you know there's certain things I've heard him say in terms of responding with uh, you know police official policing response that. That I'd love to talk to him more about, you know, should I become DA and should he become uh, mayor? Um, mm-hmm. Because I, I think that there's there's some distinctions to, to explore there. But the power of the narrative and, and connecting from the heart with people, I think there's certainly a comparison there. And lastly, Alvin, before I let you go, and we appreciate the time uh, as we as we watch this race still unfold, of course, with the absentee ballots. But lastly. You know, one of the things that keeps coming up both in government and in and in these elections is this idea that there, as you've talked about, there's a lot of people who need help and sometimes they're being arrested and then and then released, and, but they're not getting the help they need. Or sometimes they uh, are, are you know, getting offered uh, programming and help, but they're not uh, sticking with it. And then they're, you know, back at the same subway station the next day. Um, you know, there's situations with menacing or whatever it might be that there's sort of this like churning that, that that hasn't been figured out. What's what's one thing that you could do as as DA working with, you know, the other powers that be to try to address that? I think churning is the perfect word, Ben. We've churned people in and out. And when people talk about an incident, they say, you know, well, you know what happened with that incident? There's usually kind of four or five prior touches uh, with the justice system or certainly with government services. And so we've got to look at that. Um, you know, and again, I've spent, because of my, my father, but a homeless shelter spent time thinking about that growing up. Uh, and so I think I view the district attorney's office as being part of sort of the board of directors uh, for the city, if you will. Um, so mm-hmm. particularly with things where I don't think we should have a carceral response, um, we have to have a government response. Government is here to serve and address those. So I think I'm thinking robustly and across um, all government lines. So, for example, right now we've got, you know, we had during, in particular during the, um, you know, height of the pandemic, police doing homeless sweeps. You know, you know to me, that I know from my dad's work, we've got two or three city agencies, and for my time at the city council, were better prepared, equipped to address that. And so it's using the full spectrum of our, of our, of our government, uh, you know, great, you know, government uh, workers, um, you know, matching the right, response to the real need and not just reflexively responding with police. All right. Well, 
Alvin, we really appreciate the time and we'll watch as this race finishes up, but uh, best of luck out there. And thanks for another thoughtful conversation here. Thank you so much, Ben. Good talk. Take care. And we will talk to you next week here on Max Politics. Thanks for listening.